Hello, podcast listeners. This is Jared Pickney, and today we are joined by Green County Cooperative Extension agent Lance Blive. Lance played acoustic guitar in the hit country band Twister Alley. Abandoned in the early 90s, toured the country, was signed by national label Mercury Records. They released several songs on the radio, and to this day, they still have their own Wikipedia page. Lance not only opened up to us about his music career, but he also talked with us about our county's extension office, which plays a really important role in the health of our community. This was a fun and informative episode that I think you will enjoy. And so with that, here's Lance Blob. Lance, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Jared. Well, thank you for being here. I asked you about coming on back in the day. I don't know how long ago it's been, probably over a year. You said no. Uh, <laughs> it's not the first time I've been rejected. Won't be the last. But so you no, finally agreed to it. Maybe. You finally agreed to it. And not only did you agree to it, you agreed to it like an hour ago or two hours ago. <laughs> and so uh, we had someone that we thought was coming in. They had a family emergency. And you stepped in to save the Paragol podcast. I don't know about that. Well, but I'm glad I've had a free hour or two on my calendar. So Again, thanks glad, for the invite. I am glad that you are here. Tell me this. I grew up in Paragold, never even heard of the extension, uh, the extension office. My guess is several of our viewers will be unfamiliar with it as well. What exactly in layman's terms is the Green County Extension Office? What are their cooperative extension office? What, what do y'all do? Okay, so let's talk about that word cooperative. Um, the reason that word is used is because funding at some level comes from the federal government, the state government, the county government, and uniquely in Greene County, the city government. Mm. So we all, um, all of those entities have a financial role in supporting our programming and our county extension agents. What's being supported by the federal? Mostly um, the nutrition education okay. side of, of our programming. Okay. Tell me about those sides. So I, I didn't know this. I thought before, like literally we were just talking about this and I thought basically all you guys did was worked in the, in the world of like agriculture, gardening, all that, mm -hmm. because that's what I've mm -hmm. gone to you for. Tell me exactly what are kind of the, the four big kind of areas uh, that you guys are covering sure. and, and what does that look like on the ground level? Okay. So the four areas are agriculture and that's a big one. Uh, we can talk about that in a minute. But um, family and consumer sciences, so nutrition education, uh, financial um, management, et cetera. Um, and then we have 4-H youth development. So the youth development or youth education branch of the university uh, for youth 5 to 19 years of age. And then um, community and economic development. And that's that's the four areas. So tell me about what that looks like. Uh, we'll start with agriculture and just work its sure. way down. What do these things actually look like? So agriculture, um, it's a huge area. And that's really kind of where extension was birthed from was um, back in the teens. Um, agents would go out and help producers basically uh try to implement research-based practices mm. that would help them help their bottom line. So rather yeah. than just like, you know, a farmer getting on right now Google and being like, how do I mm. get rid yeah. of this pest yeah, or whatever? Yeah. yeah, they come, can call you guys and you actually us. have research-based data. You bet. That's that's huge, too. In the world we live in, you, you just said it. I mean, I mean, we have access to more information than ever. Um, but the problem is, and y'all surely have run into this, it's like, now, wait a minute. This page said do this. This page is telling me not to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so We just talked about that at lunch. What was it we were talking <laughs> about, Chris, where you're like, you know, you can find um, pretty much, what were you saying? Something like you can prove your... Yeah, anything, if you search for the evidence, you'll find, you'll prove what you're looking for no yeah, matter that's right. what. You'll prove what you're looking for. Absolutely. Both sides. So the information that you... Guys, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Popped up. Um, the information you get from us, it's research-based. It, it's, it's, you know, it's been studied, it's been replicated, and once it's published and the information is available to the public, 
I mean, you can take it to the bank, and and it's unbiased as unbiased as you can find out there, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. I mean, are we relevant? I, I, you know, I think we're as relevant now as we've ever been, just maybe yeah, in a yeah, different yeah. way. But because people have no idea to find truth, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. So how that, that's the agriculture? What about the family piece, the family okay. component? What are y'all doing there? That's so not much right now because we need an agent. <laughs> All right, moving um, on to number three. <laughs> now, so yeah, that that's important too, and and that. That area of education started at almost the same exact time the agriculture agents came to this county. Um, and, you know, you think about these, they, they used to be called extension homemakers, I think, or extension home educators. So they would go into a home and teach improved uh, ways to handle food more safely or using a pressure cooker or um, the nutritional value of food A versus B and, you know, all so kind of like a glorified and, home ec class in some ways. Mm, sure. Educating the people and Same, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're showing them. Okay. Yeah. And y'all aren't doing that as much anymore. You're saying, well, we, we will be when we get an agent to fill that position, but no, that that's one of our four, you know, important. So programs. what would that look like if you have an agent? Like, what are some examples? Like, is it like a, Hey, we're having this program at the community center at the library on how to, jar whatever absolutely okay. canning classes yeah, how, to how to use a pressure cooker uh how to understand a nutrition label on food how to prepare a properly balanced you know meal and things of that nature so that would be just nutrition and then in that same area you have financial management so you know hey, what are you doing with your paycheck ah. how, how are you investing are you you know are you how do you are you paying your bills you know, um, where which bills should you pay first? Do you need a credit card? You know, just all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Excellent stuff. I've learned a lot just reading facts sure. about managing money. Yeah, well, that's incredibly needed. So hopefully you all can find an agent to fill that spot yes. soon. Um, 4-H youth development. I was mm-hmm. asking you about this. It's like, oh, that's at the schools, right? And you're like, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> a little different. So we, we can do uh, youth education uh, in the schools, but in Arkansas, it is an out-of-school program. Um, we actually have community clubs um, that meet monthly. So we have 4-H volunteers that work with these youth. And they come, and there's three parts to a meeting. You have a business meeting, even with five, six, seven, eight-year-olds. Um, you have a business meeting. You have an educational program at these meetings, and then you have some kind of fun activity. And it's worked for over 100 years. still works today. Um, and the end result is what from those meetings? The, the goal of that program is to develop youth uh, and develop life skills that they will use the rest of their lives to be productive citizens when mm. they get older. I mean, is it similar to something like Boy Scouts or? A lot of similarities with, um, well, some similarities with Boy Scouts, with, you know, any any kind of youth. I mean, there's, there's athletic things that they have. For, I mean, we have, let me give you examples. So in Greene County, every county's different too, by the way, and we can get into that in a minute, but, um, the four program areas don't change in extension, but in youth education here in Greene County, so the biggest program area is related to youth that raise livestock and 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 show those livestock. So most people think of 4-H, they think cows and plows. Well, that's kind of where it started, but that's a big program area. Yeah, that's um, all I've ever thought of. I yeah. thought 4-H was 100%. A lot of people that are working with, like, sheep and cows. There's and 80 different program areas. Uh, that they can choose to learn about shooting sports, cows, horses, pigs, gardening and horticulture. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And every county is different based on the request in the youth of that county. Kind of the demand, they, how many people are wanting yeah, it. Yeah, sure. And, and we have meetings in all four program areas. We have meetings annually where community uh, leaders come in and we talk about these areas so that we stay relevant in our county because just because little rock says hey you need to do this we're like "Mm, um our county people that are paying our bills that we're here to serve this is what they want yeah so this is the direction we go and how many kids like what's what's considered like what's a good number of kids like what are y'all shooting for on that as far as involvement we had a director at one time that wanted us to shoot for numbers but um 
myself and most agents are way more concerned about reaching people where they are and the quality of programs mm-hmm. than how many people are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sure to me is way more important. So, um, I actually came to this county in a newly created position as a 4-H agent for 11 years. And our numbers stay between about 200 and 250 youth Mm. and their families in our program every year. So COVID messed that up, but we have rebounded and we're already back up there. And and that's honestly, if your numbers get too big, um, what Mm. happens to a lot of things when you can't get more help and you get too many people? Uh, they tend to fall apart. <laughs> at yeah. the same we don't so. ever struggle with that at all, do we? No, no, no. <laughs> we never have conversations about more that. More people, less problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, there is something, you know, to that. I think it's really important is, you know, we, um, I think in, in as a society, we want things to be large, fast, and famous. And, you know, the the way of Jesus, which is, I think, a great model for out of One your person life at is, a time. You, you know, it's it's the mustard seed. It's the opposite of large, fast, and famous. It's small, usually hidden and slow. And but you know, if you don't despise the small things, if you see the value in them, you can actually have a larger impact. Like you said, by going deeper than just trying to go wide. And I do think like that's something we really. Um, it's it's almost the same principle of like. You know, I think most parents, would you rather your kid be in a class where they're getting one-on-one, you know, or close to one-on-one attention from a teacher or where it's like, you know, the teacher is basically able to just kind of pop around and just give like, you know, five seconds worth of like this or that. Like, well, obviously you'd like to have a little bit more focused attention because that's going to help the kid grow and learn more. So I do think what you said is is valuable. And they know you care. And when those kiddos know you care, you know, you can really be impactful with them. And that's, that's why the volunteer part of that 4-H Youth Development Program is so important because without those volunteers, I'm one agent, you know. But we have 50-something volunteers. Well, that's oh. where the impact is, is with those youth and those volunteers. Is it harder to get volunteers now than it was before COVID? You know the answer to this, but yes, absolutely. Just, <laughs> We've been headed down that road for what several do you th- years. What do you think that is? I don't know, Jared. Um, it's just society changes. Um, people's maybe people's heart. I mean, volunteering you, you you have to have that passion and heart to help others and learning and loving to give back, and that that just seemed to have waned in the last few years. I don't know why. If I had that answer, uh, man, couldn't we turn things back the right direction? Yeah, I don't know. I've got theories. I don't know if any of them are correct let's hear them well i do think that for one people are incredibly busy now too busy too busy i agree um a lot of options we've got a ton of options a ton of options we're very affluent you know like we we've i mean i know people think well i'm really hurting financially but pretty much everybody i know can go on a vacation whenever they want they're able to buy what they want at the store (laughs) you know their kids are involved in at least at least one travel sport, maybe yeah. two, where they're, you know, able to, you know, throw quite a bit of money at it. And, um, yeah, I think it's just because there's so many options, it's hard to go to be really committed to one certain thing. I mean, I think that's It's a I blessing and a curse it. at the same time. Yeah, it is. I think people are exhausted because they're going so they're, – they're running so much. And so when you get a call for someone to ask you to volunteer for their thing, they're like, oh. I don't have space for. I agree thing. with you on that. You I know, do. and so, but I don't know. It's interesting because COVID, it just you know, you heard about the Great Resignation, where all these people were leaving and changing jobs, and I don't. So I don't know. I'm not sure. Chris, you got thoughts on that? Have you spent much time researching it? Not much more than Chris what you is just a have researcher, it. man. <laughs> this guy, like, he's a numbers guy. He's mm-hmm. gonna like get the data for you. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. So yeah. You guys could probably really have some fun together diving into the, the cold. We got a facts. position coming open. Uh, you, <laughs> what's it back? What? Yeah, exactly right. It's, it's like everything I've got is for sale. <laughs> Speaking of the great resignation. Yeah. Oh, uh, what was the fourth one? Community and economic development. And that, again, looks different in every county. Um, but as a staff chair, um, 
That's actual my actual title as a staff chair. That is part of my work assignment. Is the other agents don't have to do community economic development programming. So I just kind of try to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on. And guys, the leaders we have here in Paragool and Greene mm-hmm. County, and the way they work together is yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean I've lived in a lot of different places and. It's happening here. We have great leadership. We really do. People that care, they're passionate, they're smart, and they work together well, and that's that's cool. So I don't have to do a lot there. Yeah. You know, I just kind of play parts where I can and make sure that they know that Extension's here and what resources uh, that we have available to our community if needed. So one thing that people in that area might be familiar with is our ballot education program. So anytime we have ballot issues that hit the state you know, ballot, um, we have educational information to help a voter ahead of time decide where they land on that particular ballot issue. Hmm. So that's just one of many things, but that's the one that most people are familiar with because they see the little ballot issue book scattered around the county. I think we handed out in the last cycle, we handed out like three or 4,000 of those books and, you know, in 50 different places around the county, just to help voters understand both sides as unbiased as possible, both sides of an issue, because what you see and what you hear, oh, and what you, it's not, it's always jaded. One but how do you get that information? See, that'd be my thing. It's we, like, how do I know your information is correct? We, and- we actually have uh, PhDs that study these issues. I mean, as soon as the issue pops up, you know, a year ago, a year ahead of when it hits, if it ever hits, you know, a status where it's voted on, they're working on these. They're, they're talking to both sides, you know. So they're, they're trying all, to be non-biased. Absolutely. Um, it, and that's that's one of my favorite things to do. But, oh, they, they, that, that area, you know, our state office, we have big areas. We usually have PhDs and specialists in all of these program areas. So they work on these things all the time, and then they're our resource, you know. Uh, I got a call from KIT just this week and said, hey, I need you to come on and talk about what's going on in Mississippi River. And I'm like, that'll take about two minutes, you know. I said, but if you really want to see the real deep impact and how it affects everybody, you need to speak to one of our specialists. And I said, I've got several you could speak with. And Dr. Byram came on, and it was excellent, the information. they brought. I'm like, I could have never done that. You know, I can talk about what's going on in Greene County. You know, but they talk about Arkansas, the United States, the world, you know, and that's what they do. Mm. And we have lots of people. That's what they do. They're specialists in all these areas. And we have access. And another thing is, if there's something going on in Nebraska or New York, or California, I can pick up the phone and they will answer, and we are talking the same language. So extension is neat because it's exactly the same in all 50 states. We mm-hmm. all speak the same language, basically work in the same program areas. Um, so it, it's it's a neat thing. And if I had come prepared, I could have given you some history on extension and how it started. And it was legislation at the federal level that ins- instituted this group. And anyway, that's too I'm talking too much, sorry. No, that's part two is what that'll be, <laughs> the history of the cooperative all of All of our uh, local uh, Kiwanis, Rotary, and all them, they, they've heard that story before because that's usually the first thing I talk to them about. Tell me this because you got a unique perspective as far as a perspective on our city, on our county. What do you see are some of our biggest issues or what are some issues that we need to raise awareness of or that we need to maybe focus on more? One comes to mind is one you will be speaking to a couple of people about, and I just won't go there, but um, helping people that need help. I'm just going to leave it at that in our community. That's, that's a lot of different areas we could talk about, but back to that person-to-person thing. I mean, we got to rise together. Yeah. So, helping others. Mm-hmm. Volunteering. Um Giving back, Leadership Paragool was great. Um, Bryce Anderson came up to Extension Office one day. was like, dude, you need to get in this, you know. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. He's like, no, no, you do it. You'll, you'll be great. You'll love it. 
And that was the first great step in getting integrated into the network of our community and mm. learned so much about Paragool and Greene County. I, I'm not from here. I had no idea. Mm. Um, but getting connected our, and where I'm going with this is getting connected in our community because every one of us has something that we can give of ourselves to our community. And if it's just one thing, one time a year, that might be your thing that keeps us moving forward in the right direction together. So, yeah, yeah, that's one thing that I've I've learned as I've gotten older is um, that you really can make a difference in the world if everyone would realize they can make a difference in their city. You know, like if every person would truly just focus on their city. Right, we're not going to be able to change things, but at a national level, like where there's too many layers between us and and but you can actually make a difference in your city. Absolutely. You truly can. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And it starts with what you said, a little bit of, of networking, of building some relationships, of, of talking to some of these city leaders or talking to other people in different positions and building those relationships. And from my experience, one of the things I love about our leadership is I do think, and talking about our city, is they truly do care about this community. And Absolutely. so there's no, there's no hidden agenda. It's like they just want to do what's best. And so when because of that, they, they listen, you know, to ideas. And, you know, I think that's great. And, and our community is blessed to have people like Bryce Anderson, to have people, mm. you know, like yourself. So many that, though we do struggle with maybe getting the, quite the volunteers and the help, there are a lot of people that are still, um, I think, man, like really contributing in a great way to this community in those small kind of hidden, slow mm-hmm. ways. And, and those are the ones that you never see usually, like – they they don't they're doing it for the right reason because their hearts right they care they love people they love the community, and they don't want to be in the limelight. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly right. That's why I said maybe to you On a the while podcast. back. I'm not exactly. Do you think? I don't, I don't are you saying? Be in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell me. Tell me. How did you end up here? Because you're not from Paragould, are you? Ooh, uh, Mm, that could take a minute. No, I'm not. Um, Where are you from originally? I was born and raised in Conway. Okay. Yeah. I lived in Conway for a, yeah. a short, short stint. Yeah, so my, my father was an optometrist in Conway, and I was born in 72. Um, lived there for quite a while, um, and my mother and father split up. So I come from a broken home. That changes things. Uh, How you don't, old you don't know split up? Uh, eight-ish, something like that. So, yeah, you don't know it then when you're a kid, but you just took on a lot of baggage when that happens. Yeah. What do you children mean? Are, what do you mean by that? I mean, I think I know what you mean, but I want to. Yeah, children are resilient. They don't know. Yeah. You, you, you live day to day. You don't know any different, you know, whatever it is that's happening. Yeah. You just take Well, that's your stride. norm, right? That's your. Yeah, sure. That's the way it is. Take, take any child you've seen that's handicapped in any way. They don't know any different. Yeah. If they were born that way or they don't know. This is just my life. And but then, though, eventually, yeah, you get like, a little bit older and you're like, oh, wait a minute. That wasn't exactly the way it was for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, we could chase that rabbit for a long time. But <clears throat> so, live with my dad for a few years in Conway. And then things happened and ended up moving with my mother in Russellville and lived there a few years, two or three years. And then she got a job working for the uh, Educational Cooperative of Harrisburg. And uh, we moved over here. And I went to school at Nettleton. That was in the 86, I believe. Went to school at Nettleton. You were how old? 13, 14, 13, ninth grade. And uh, graduated at Nettleton. And I don't know if I need to keep talking. No, you keep okay. talking, man. Okay. Yeah, you're not, you've be, not, you've not, better stuff to you've talk not about got, than this. This but. is great. No, no, I'm just, I'm with you on the journey to the extension office. That's where I'm okay. at. So you're, yeah, keep you graduate, me on track. You no, have to tell me that three more you're, times. You're, you're, you're fine, man. Yep. So, so you're, you graduate from Nettleton in the 80s, mm-hmm. which that's pretty incredible. What did you graduate? What year did you say? 90. I graduated, graduated in 90. '90. Came there in '86. Yeah. What was uh? Were you were you big in the music in the '80s? Mm-mm. Oh. oh, I love music. That's what I, mean. I was you not. Who was big back then? Oh man, Who big hair bands is all I can tell you. Were you so. listening to those guys? 
Not so much. I'm kind of a country guy. Okay, you're country. All right. <laughs> Just curious. We'll find out more about your music locks, <laughs> your, your taste here in a little bit. So you graduate from Nettleton, go to college? Um, uh, yes, went straight to college, and we were laughing at me, and that's okay. Um, you know, my ACT scores were not that great. Right and did you, you know you can go to college and take classes and pass them and not get credit for them? <laughs> yeah, I had to do that. <laughs> I've been there, man. I've been there. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, I enjoyed college. Did you know what you wanted to do when you went? I did. If we take a few steps back, I would have to give credit to a youth organization in schools called uh, FFA, Future Farmers of America, Vocational Agriculture. I was kind of a lost kid. You know, I played sports and I loved sports, but I was a little guy, you know, and that was never going to pan out. So, but I, f- I have this passion because I, I, I grew up watching this in my family. They, they all come from an agriculture background in some way, shape, or form. You don't have to go back. We do this leadership parable. You, you don't have to go back but three or four generations, and every, just about everybody in the room will raise their hand if you know, somebody was involved in agriculture. So I, I saw that growing up with my grandparents and enjoyed it. I enjoyed being outside around animals and equipment. And so that, was, that seed was planted as a child. Well, that group uh, in FFA, you know, that's a lot of what they're they're studying is is animals and nutrition and and agriculture and woodworking and you know all that kind of stuff. So I was like, I was not in a good place in my life, lost and lost for quite a while after that. But you know, I I, I found something I enjoyed learning about, and I'm not a reader and I don't sit still very well, <laughs> so. I found something that would make yes, me set kept still. your attention. Yeah, it kept my attention. So, and then I found out, well, you can go to college and study these things. And I'm like, cool. You know, so. I can jump past right the in. math. And yeah. I'm there. I was always behind, though. You know, I was behind in size and just, mm. I just seemed like I was always slower. And so when I got to college, I had a bit of a struggle there. And, and plus, you know, freedom from getting out of grade school. I was not a grade school fan. Too many rules. To me, I just didn't do well in that environment. But when I got to college, it's like, you mean they're not telling me when to go to class? And nope, you Freedom, just pay man. your money yeah. and you learn if you want yeah. to or don't if you don't. And I'm like, I love this. this is my place. You know? yeah. So I, I enjoyed it. But then um, I, I started playing music. I always wanted to learn to play a guitar. I, my goal was to learn to play a guitar and sing one song, right? That was my goal. So that's where it started. And somebody friend of mine wrote down seven chords on a piece of paper how where to put your fingers yeah. and i found a song i liked and i'm like that didn't take long like cool this is fun so started hanging out with some guys you'll know and that became a band called twister alley i was the last leg of that group that got pulled in and got to twister be part, alley yeah be part of that awesome experience so uh kevin king was the drummer Steve Goins was the electric guitar player, lead player, and singer. Uh, Amy Hitt was from here in Paragool. Amy was part of the band. Shelly Morris from Jonesboro uh, was the lead singer. You have and, a Wikipedia page. Oh, that's what? scary. Dude, that's a big time. Yeah, I was just... So did you ever see the movie Pure Country, George Strait? No, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not the biggest country fan, so okay. that might be one area where... Okay. Uh, you're going to lose me. Well, but I'm you sure watch, those who are listening. He needs to watch that movie. Have you seen the movie? Pure I'm not sure if I've oh, seen the movie or guys. not. Y'all are going to be ribbing me really? about stuff in many ways. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they, George, George, um, uh, he was asked about something, and he said, well, I just, you know, they basically turned me into a dancing chicken. You know, like you push the button and you start dancing like a chicken on a hot plate, you know, and I'm like, I was the dancing chicken in our band. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I was not super musical. I'm wanna... still not. I wasn't that great a guitar player. I'm still mm. not. But it fit what was needed with that group apparently at that time, and I was that guy. Yeah. Did you travel around? All over the country. I just want to point out that you you might be just the second person on this podcast of a Wikipedia page. It's not my page. It's well, not about Is your name on it? I doubt his, it. His name is the fourth in the list of six bandmates. Yeah, look but at that. I was the last cog in the wheel, though. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, you're more important than Randy Lloyd and Kevin King. Mm-mm. No, it does <laughs> definitely does not say that. 
<laughs> so how old were you? Did you say whenever that? Um, 20, 21, 20. Were y'all trying to make it big? Or we did. Just... We got a record deal with Mercury Records in Nashville. And yeah, Dang. there's an album. It's Seriously? Is it on Spotify? <laughs> All the... My pastor asked me that, or the music pastor asked me that one day. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> is it there? It certainly is. Are you serious? <laughs> Yeah. Do do no air? do not do that. They got they got one that's even a club mix. Please play that club mix. <laughs> See if it comes through. Club mix. <laughs> you basing it? You basing? Oh, acoustic guitar. Acoustic. You probably can't even hear one. That's Steve Goins playing that electric guitar though, buddy. That's incredible, man. I didn't know that. There you go. Isn't the internet great that I was able to get that so fast? <laughs> Tell me about Research so you got guy. you got uh I mean this this is the this is what we should have just titled the whole podcast. No, right former no. lead acoustic guitar Third. player. <laughs> no doubt. Is there such thing. Lead acoustic guitar. Okay. Yeah. Did nah. um so you guys got you said signed or you mm-hmm. just Tell me about the, how, how that happened. That's interesting. Um, it took a minute. So it helps to know people. And in Shelly's family, um, one of the A session players um, in Nashville was our producer um, pre getting a record deal. <clears throat> His name is Mike Lawler. And um, he basically said, This is the track we're going down. This is what I want y'all to do. Um, and he's a musician, songwriter, can do it all. And he broke new ground with us with that sound, I think. You just didn't hear music that sounded like that on the radio. And that was his intention. That was To the get label. y'all on the radio? To get a deal and to get on the radio. Um, Did you ever get on the radio? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. That's thirty something years ago, man. That feels like two lives. Dude, but ago. that had to that had to be uh super cool. Tell me what that felt like. To hear, did you ever hear your song on the radio? Yeah. Are you in the music and it, and videos? It wasn't my song. There's three music videos. There's music videos. Yeah. Are you in those? You bet, man. Where? Which? Music I was the video? hat guy. Oh, which music video well, do you recommend? Um. Okay. I, that's easy. It's called Nothing in Common But Love because it was shot right here in Pergil. Yeah. Come on. No, the rig, the the big concrete wall that was torn down. Yeah. Years back. When did that's you record this? Ninety three. 93 and and it's not me I, i'm i'm like the last cog in the wheel remember i'm like the least talented well, the point in the is band. you were there i was and i'm and you were awesome. in it hey and blessed and thankful for that opportunity because hey not too many people get to do that what's and, what's your favorite like what what's the biggest show that y'all ever played or like what's your favorite maybe venue y'all played at there was a lot um so we played the downtown hoedown, they called it, in Detroit, Michigan. And I can remember the people. Two places come to mind. That was one. And it was so cool because it's like a huge downtown festival. So take anything that goes on down here and multiply it times 50. I mean, there's that many people down there. But that was just awesome because there was so just artist after artist after artist just rolling in and out all day long. And you know, getting to see these people that were like icons to me. Who's your favorite person you ever played with? <sighs> like that you shared a stage with? You know, it probably goes back to that person as a person. Like, were they kind? Were they nice? You know, Steve Warner pops in my mind. So we, uh, we got to meet him, and he is just so genuine. And, mm-hmm. and what you see on TV, what you heard, what you saw is what you got. That's cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Very cool, man. Yeah. What a what a little nice detour that we just took on our way to the extension office. And here you thought this was gonna be a boring, like <laughs> nobody wants to hear about my life. You know, that that's I, I love that's one of the things I love about this podcast is like you we were talking about, like, you know, this is gonna be off the cuff. And they all are. And I've and I you know, sometimes I know a little bit about like someone might come on and be like, Hey, you know, I want to talk about this thing. 
But more times than we not, could, we, we could do that. We well, could have done that. Yeah, but more times than not, we just sit down and have a conversation mm-hmm. like we do now. And like I told you, I don't know where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. And we just end up like learning something amazing about somebody. And so like I think of, you know, Michael Tolson. Did you listen to his podcast? I'm sorry. Go listen to Michael Tolson. What what episode is that? Can you find that, yeah, Chris? Find it real quick. Uh, just listen to Sonny's, though, and that was awesome. And yeah. Sonny and I were in class 16 together. Oh, that's yeah. super And cool, I got to man. give her a hug right before you got here. She That's cool. Yeah. Sonny's great. Well, yeah. Michael, you know, who owns Chow, he oh, came yeah, on yeah. here okay. and was like, he sat down right before he started. He's like, I have really nothing interesting to talk about. Well, we get talking and come to find out he was living right across the street during the Oklahoma City bombing. And then he also was living in New York during the attacks of 9-11, saw the second plane hit the tower. And he was living, I'm going to say, like it was in Bermuda, or I can't remember where it was. Uh, whenever a major hurricane hit, he didn't get off the island in time. Thought he was going to die there. Thought he was going to die. And so and, and he was like, I don't know if we're going to have a very interesting conversation. And all that stuff came out. I'm like, time out. Like, Michael, <laughs> you might be the only person in the world who was at the Oklahoma City bombing and 9-11. Probably. What episode is that? So it, I'd be number 20, I would assume, okay. unless there was like preview episodes or something. Uh, April 23rd, 2021. Yeah, that's a good one to go back and listen to. Cool. So very cool. So <clears throat> did you think you were going to make a career out of music? If it happened, I would have enjoyed it. Yeah. I sure. really enjoy were y'all getting to where you were making a little money or not mm, yet? No, not okay. so much. <laughs> All right. So we're making end. enough to get by, you know, and pay the bus driver. And I'm watching a music video. Did you have a mullet? No, I was not the mullet guy. Okay. I was the hat guy. Look for a dude with a hat. That was me. The hat a, guy. Yeah, the hat guy. Okay. You just freeze frame it whenever you get the hat guy. <laughs> you were living in Jonesboro then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so the music thing happened to get us back on track, if you want to keep heading toward extension. Um, is that you? Yeah. It's a really nice head of hair. There's no hat on There's that. no hat on this music video, but. Actually, there is, but just not in that shot. Let it keep rolling. And we that was actually shot in um, part of that in Louisville, Kentucky, in a big dance club, and you'll see that in that video. Wow. So. Yeah, Incredible. you need to get some of those guys up here to talk about. I do. You know, do you have days. any merch? Can I buy some merch? Um, it would probably have moth holes in it. That's in a, that's in style. <laughs> I'll preach in it. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, so anyway, that the music thing happened, and I, I'm thankful and I'm blessed. I actually made, remember going in my major professor and going, "Hey, man, I got this opportunity to do this thing," and he's like. Really? I'm like, yeah. He's like, why are you still sitting here? <laughs> He's like, this place will be here if that doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And it and it didn't. We we had a good three year run anyway. Um, and when that was over, I came back back to the hay fields hauling hay and working on the farm. And I'm like, mm, it's time to go back to college. And I did. And I really enjoyed college. Really got in there and gave it a go and and just went straight through and got my bachelor's and master's at ASU. And in what? Look, what was your bachelor's? Um, so at ASU, my bachelor's in animal science, okay. and then my master's just in general ag. That's you know whatever area. So it was kind of reproductive physiology. That was kind of my. Focus. And were you thinking <coughs> extension office at that point? No. Okay. Uh, actually, did have a county extension agent in Craig County who was kind of my mentor. I worked for him the year I moved to Jonesboro and working on the farm, and 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 that was in the back of my mind, but. I was thinking more of the PhD route, you know, professor working industry, something like that. I actually applied for a couple of PhD programs and found out that's political, like a lot of things. I'm like, all right, enough of this. Time to go to work. Mm-hmm. So applied for an extension uh, job and went to Jackson County, started in, in Newport, worked there for a while. A lot of row crops, Not, no offense, we got to have them, but that wasn't my wheelhouse. Wasn't my background, wasn't my education. So I wound up moving to Stone County in uh, Mountain View and worked up there. Loved it. That's up a there. great spot. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, beautiful country. Mm-hmm. Have you been awesome. to Mountain View? Yeah, we, we went there that's in the summer. Right, that's right. That's right. Awesome bunch of people. But anyway, so my ag teacher from Nettleton was actually from Mountain View. So he was getting the home paper in Jonesboro and was seeing these articles I was putting in the paper and what we were doing extension. And he's like, we're fixing to start a second uh, 
uh, ag teacher position at Nettleton, and he comes like, hey, you interested? And I was like, mm, I really like it up here. Like, not so much. He's like, well, would you come interview? I was like, sure. So I did and got offered the job. Big increase in pay, which I enjoyed. Um, but anyway, coming back as an adult from where you were as a kid, you got a new set of eyes, and things were just different. Didn't work out um, for me. Uh, I just needed to move on. And I did and went to Arkansas State University and was actually the assistant farm director over there for three years and uh, enjoyed that. And then this position, I was actually on the farm when I got the call from Mr. Allen Davis. He said, we're opening up a new position up here, a 4-H agent position. Are you interested? And I said, no, not good. He's like, well, what would you apply? And I'm like, I guess, you know, I wasn't fired up about it. And <clears throat> anyway, at that same time I did and was asked to come interview, same time I was going through a big change in life from lost to found. Mm. And all that was going on at the same time. And it was the best thing ever happened to me, but almost didn't come to my interview that day. Mm. Yeah. But I made it to the interview and – you can tell, and basically it's like, you got the job. You know, they can't say that, but, you know, if you want it, you got it. So and This is what year? 2008, and that's when I, they offered me the job a few days later, and I started work here in Greene County as their 4-H agent. Wow. Yeah. So what made you decide to take the job? <laughs> well, I enjoyed extension before. And enjoy our our goal and our purpose, which is is educating others, helping others, bringing up the ship, you know, bringing helping people. And is that what you like the most about it? Still, absolutely. You know, it's it's so yeah. That where do you think that comes from? The helping people. I think it comes from the heart you're given. Um, And I can go back just a second and speak to things from this side of um, being saved and that just even makes your heart bigger because you see what Jesus just did for you, you know, and that's where that flows from. So that, Mm. but from the worldly side of it, I grew up in a family that I watched serve and give back. And so that's huge. I mean, what we model for our children, you know, as their parents or as volunteers or helping at church or whatever, I mean, they notice that. Yeah, they, and, and it's not so clicking. much. So many things are better caught than oh, caught, right? Uh, there you go. They're just watching you. I'm gonna use that line. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's on my line for sure. Um, is there anything for those before we move to rapid fire questions? Anything that you want people that are listening to know about the extension office uh, that you haven't already shared? Anything that would be yeah, maybe whether it's a, another service you guys provide or just something else you want them to be aware of. Sure. So we're here to serve you first. That's our role. That's why we are here is to help you um, any way we can in those four program areas. If you're not familiar with Extension, you need to go to our website. Um, um, just type in UADA or Arkansas Extension, and it's, it's going to pull up our main webpage. There is more information on there than you can digest in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, we have things that we call fact sheets or publications that address, pick any crop in a garden, just name one. Uh, cucumber? We have fact sheets on how to grow cucumbers. What the soil pH needs to be. I've what, seen those, by the way. Yeah, they're very we, good. I think for I've your grass, handed, Bermuda, yeah, Zoysia. I think I've handed you some of those over the years. Uh, for yeah. sure. So, Anything. I used to come bug you guys all the time. Soil you samples. Bug us, we, yeah, y'all love it. Y'all are always so kind. Uh, yeah. I never felt like I was bugging you. Oh, it's fun. So, yeah, that's we've had more foot traffic since we left the post office, by the way. Uh, we're I on, didn't even know y'all left the yeah, post office. Yeah, so we're on Fairview Road, uh, just east of the road department. And in between where we are in that house is where they're, the county is building a, a new, uh, calling it county, an annex facility, which um, we will be in part of that building and – Okay, see, I had no idea y'all left the post office. Yeah. Learning all kinds of new stuff. (laughs) It's been good for me, been informative. (laughs) Man. Um, Well, let's move to some rapid-fire questions. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is going to be good stuff. What is the last book you read or 
last movie or show that maybe you watched? So not a big book reader. Um, yeah, you said that. My book is the Bible. Um, I try to visit it very frequently. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just not a big book reader. What um, about shows? I have to read at work a lot. Yeah, so, so you don't want to read. And exactly, not for fun. I'm, I'm out. Um, so you watching TV? You watching movies? Don't do TV. Um, the whole era we went through a few years back about negativity, negativity, everybody at everybody's throat. Yeah, you're, you're the bad guy. You're the bad. I just got my fill of it, and I so I chose. To not watch anymore. Yeah. I just turned it off. I don't watch TV. <laughs> you got to watch a good comedy. That's what you need. It's yes. It's a lot hearted. I do. Um, but I can find that on my iPad, you know. So, podcasts. Um, You're a podcast guy. I'm getting into it. Um, um, There's some good ones out there. I, I'd i like to see the list. Uh, yeah. I don't have a lot of I'll time. I spend a lot of time searching, but... I'm usually listening to podcasts while I'm doing something else. Oh, of course. I think that's what most people so, are doing. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, favorite band? Mm. That's tough. I know one thing from listening to these before. I'm not going to say the Eagles. Hey, <laughs> but would that have been one? Would that have been they, one? They are probably in the top 20. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's 15 not... or 20. Who's, who's maybe top one hey, or top two? Um, so somebody that was signed and produced by one of the co-producers on Mercury Records, Harold Shedd, um, Alabama. Alabama. Mm. They're, okay. They're always going to be up there. I just love What's your favorite stuff. song by Alabama? Mm. First one that popped up was Dixieland Delight. But what I, is it? I don't know. Dixieland Delight? Dixieland Delight. Yeah, I'm not going to sing it because I used to sing a little bit. But I thought, I thought I, you'd do High Cotton. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Agriculture. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, my Agriculture kids joke like, there. My kids like that song. Yeah. But, yeah, I asked that my That might wife, be our very first Alabama. Really? No. I feel like somebody said Alabama Surely, once. I'm not yeah. sure they yeah. have. Huge band. I, I mean, get back to making I, that I should track podcast that. playlist. As many track that. gold and platinum albums as any country band for sure, I would say. But, anyway, I would sing some of my wife asked her, on a scale of one to ten, babe, what do you think about that singing? She's like, mm, it's a three. I'm like, okay, oh. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about like. So I quit singing. <laughs> yeah. I was in a band whenever my wife and I met, but I was basically a screamer. It was screaming. Oh, music. that kind of stuff. And so okay. sometimes people hear I'm in a band, they're like, what were you? Like, I was a lead singer, and they're like, sing us. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, that's, it wasn't like pretty. <laughs> Do you have a Wikipedia page? <laughs> no. I don't even know how you get one. Uh, um, what would your last meal consist of? Beef will be in there somewhere, I promise you. I love steak. Just a good steak, yeah, ribeye. Man, that's hard to beat. And I want to cook it. Okay. Yeah. What do you do to your steak? Not much. It's a good cut Just of meat. Just salt and pepper. You know? um, I, I, my cousin actually gave me an old smoker grill not too long ago. Um, won't name brands and all that, but I did not realize. I've been cooking on grill a long time, but I didn't realize that a little bit of smoke when you're cooking meat takes yeah. it to another level. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So smoke you up. You're going to have a smoke I'm gonna ribeye? Have, uh, yes, Definitely. Smoked ribeye. Yeah. What are you gonna have for your sides? Salad, for sure. Um, steamed vegetables. Um, we we put vegetables in the oven. You know, mm-hmm. broccoli, squash, sure, that kind of stuff. That's always yeah. good. Maybe out of uh, Dave's garden. Yeah, I actually ate some of Dave's tomatoes uh, last night on my salad. So yeah, he knows what he's doing. He definitely is a gardening machine. He's a gardening machine. It's impressive. He's awesome. Yeah, he's he's a wealth of knowledge. What are you what are you drinking with that meal? Mm, probably a good old glass of iced tea. And then your dessert? I don't like dessert. Yep, I'm Lance. Everybody, you guys just you don't eat sugar. Wait, I'm feeling peer pressure. Are y'all are looking <laughs> at me like, what's wrong with this guy? You don't eat sugar. Um. I'm not a big. I'm just good for you. I'm yeah. just no wonder well, you, you can't look so look good, at man. Whatever. You look so healthy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But I'm not. That's I mean, my yeah. entree would be a chocolate cake. I'm out. That's what did Sunny Curtis say? She said her. Uh, her she, said she wasn't a big dessert fan, so she yeah. said I'll just do dumplings yeah. for my dessert. <laughs> Ask that to my wife. She can talk about that part of the meal for good days. for you, man. I'm I wish I'd, I'd have us. I have a pretty bad sweet tooth. What's on your nightstand right now? A lamp. A wood carving that is of a man and a woman that appear to be dancing or got 
just got married or something. We got that for our wedding sitting mm-hmm. there. Um, my Bible and an iPad and my little charging cords and stuff. Excellent. Phones. And it's kind of where everything unload the pockets every day. It's where everything lands. Very good. Give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. Easy. Um, when my kids are laughing, it's the best medicine in my life. I love it. Uh, when they're laughing and they're getting along and they're playing or you get one of those awesome both arm around the neck hugs or, you know, that's life is good. Mm. Last question. What is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? Jesus. Um, I wouldn't be here. I don't, I don't think I would be here if, if that, if I had not turned to him, he was there the whole time. But if I had not turned to him and he saved me, um, and that's daily, you know, that, that gratefulness and thankfulness for his saving a sinner by his love and grace and to see what he's done with To see what he's done with my life and the direction he's taking it and giving me the opportunity to serve and help. And, you know, I've just been blessed, man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, being willing to talk about the extension office, music, the incredible tour that you're on. <laughs> Your love, man, just to, for, for this community to help people. Um, it's obvious to me. Ever since I first met you, I've always thought you were just a very pleasant, very approachable, uh, kind person, just a good overall human being. And wow. I know that you give credit to Jesus for that. Like Absolutely. Said, but, uh, I hadn't man, always been that way. Well, I, you know, I just want to say thank you for all that you do. So glad you're in this community. Really glad that you chose to take this podcast to make sure that we were able to get an episode this week. And so it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully we can do it again in the near future. Thank you. Yeah, thanks again, Lance. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me, guys. So that was Lance Blythe. Yeah. Just when you think you know a guy. Everything we expected that episode to be about. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, that's seriously one of the funnest things about this. And it's... It's why I encourage people who are listening to this and just anyone to just go and talk to your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Start asking people questions. Get them talking about themselves because, you know, as you know, Chris, and those who listen to this, we never really know what we're going to talk about. I had no idea uh, that Lance was in a band, Mm -hmm. that he has these music videos on the Wikipedia page. And we literally just stumbled across that. You can tell he wasn't even trying to work that in. Yeah. It's not like he had that loaded where he was like, I can't wait to like work in the fact that I toured across the country with this band and was on the radio. And so um, what an interesting guy. And so, Lance, thanks so much, man, for coming on, talking to us about the Extension Office. I learned a lot about it as well. There's a lot of things I didn't know about the Extension Office uh, and, and the role that it plays and the importance of it in our community. So thanks for talking uh, with us about that, opening up uh, about some of your personal life, the music, all of that. I really enjoy the conversation. Hey, if you're still listening to this, thank you so much for tuning in. It's really good uh, to have you with us. If you've not already done so, check us out on our different social media platforms. Uh, We're on Facebook primarily, also on Instagram. Uh, Go give us a like there. Follow us. Um, Also, whatever you're listening to this on, if you've not already done so, please give us a five-star rating. Uh, That's not just about giving us a pat on the back. It really helps people to find us more quickly and learn about the really incredible people that are living right here in our community. So as always, thanks so much for listening. Until next time.